This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta. Online at AudiAugusta.com. Ron Syrak covers the game for uh, LPGA.com, for USGA.org, also on his website, RonSyrak.com. Ron has known Annika for a very long time. I cannot think of a better person to talk to about what she accomplished last week. Pleasure to welcome Ron Syrak back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Ron? John, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to be with you. It's great. It's great hearing your voice. Uh, let's go way back. Do you remember meeting Annika? Uh, yeah, first time I met her was in 1996, and uh, um, she had won the 1995 U.S. Women's Open, and I was working on a preview story for the Associated Press uh, uh, on the upcoming U.S. Women's Open, and I went to Atlantic City, did a ShopRite Classic, and she was so shy, she was such a bad quote, I had to interview her caddy to uh, to get quotes I could use in my story. She was that shy, and... It's amazing to see her now, and she she does TV work. She does motivational speaking. Uh, I saw her run a, a junior clinic uh, at Brookline during the U.S. Senior Women's Open, and she was phenomenal, an entirely different person than the person I met 25 years ago. I've tried, I've tried to talk about that on the program, especially when she's been on the show. How do you describe her demeanor? Well, you know, when I look back on it, um, um, the biggest impact that when she played in the PGA Tour event in 2003 at Colonial, the biggest impact that had on her was on her personality. You know, um, until that point, she was so shy, she couldn't accept the fact that she was a superstar, a great player. And when she played at Colonial and really felt how much the galleries and the other players embraced her, uh, it made her more comfortable with her with her greatness, I think. And I, I think since that time, she's grown into this person uh, um, who is comfortable uh, being a leader. And, and that's what she's doing now. And I think that's one of the reasons that she returned to play in the U.S. Senior Women's Open is because she thought it'd be fun for her family, but she also thought it would be good for women's golf. So, do you think the decision to play came over a long period, or or did it come quickly? I think she probably started to think about it. Uh, um, um, you know, uh, people were asking her before she turned 50. She turned 50 last October, and, and, and people were asking her before that whether she might play in the uh, Senior Women's Open. And um, and remember, this tournament didn't exist until 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, um you know, 10 years after Annika retired from the LPGA, people started to ask her the questions. And then I think as she saw her son, Will, who's 10 years old, become uh, more and more interested in golf and more excited about it and starting to compete himself in junior tournaments, that she sort of started to think, well, you know, this would be good for for my kids to see that, that mom actually was a player. And it would be good for the uh, for, for the game of golf for bringing publicity to it, um, you know. And she was quite honest about the fact that when she decided to play in the the Senior Women's Open, one of the conversations she had with her children was, "I'm going to have to work to get ready for this, so <laughs> it's going to take a little bit of my time away from you. But uh, if you support me on that, if 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 you agree that that I should play in this tournament, accept the fact that I'm going to be hitting a lot of golf balls." <laughs> 
so it seems to me, and 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 you kind of you kind of say that, Ron. It was a confluence of events, as you point out. This tournament did not exist until a few years ago. The kids, Will and Ava, were not of an age where they would truly appreciate watching mom play again, and mom could have that kind of conversation with them. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, in, in a lot of ways, when I see. Um um, the way Annika um, behaved on the golf course at Brooklyn during the U.S. Senior Women's Open, it reminded me of the way in which um, uh, Tiger Woods' son Charlie has has changed his demeanor on the golf course. You know, be- before the accident, we were sort of seeing a different kind of Tiger Woods out there who interacted with the gallery more, who had more fun out there. I saw Annika do things during this tournament I'd never seen her do before uh, on uh, on number seven on on Sunday in the final round. She was uh, in the fairway bunker on a par five off the tee, and she was over there, and she's checking her line of sight, and she was joking with the gallery. She was interacting with the gallery, and and, uh, I never, ever, ever saw her behave that way before. Um, I think she's relating to golf in a very, very different way now, less of a a business-like way, but still serious about it, but also enjoying it and having fun. We're talking with Ron Syrak here on the Augusta Golf Show. When she stepped away, and, and there weren't venues for her to return, but when she stepped away, did you ever think we would see her compete again? No, and, and you know, and, and uh, when I was uh, uh, interviewed quite a bit in 2008 when she stepped away, they said, will she come back and, and play a little bit, you know, uh, uh, after she gives birth and, 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 and the kids, uh, um, she gets the kids settled down, will she, and, I, and I, my answer was no. Because Annika plays golf for one reason, and that's to be the best player in the world. And I think she knew uh, she was 38 when she walked away and to start to have a family. And, and she had her first child in September of 2009, uh, the year after she, she retired. Um, that if she couldn't put the time in to practice and to work out to be the best player in the world, she wasn't going to come back out there and do it. Um, uh, again, when I got to Brooklyn uh, and, and I went to the range on Tuesday and I saw Annika hitting balls on the range, the first thing that popped into my mind is, holy moly, she's been practicing. <laughs> I could see it. I could, you know, I knew that, you know, and I, I said to one of my colleagues, uh, Annika didn't show up to finish second this week. You know, she showed up for one reason, and that's to win this golf tournament. Um she, uh, when she played the LPGA event in February at, at Lake Nona, I thought she was noticeably shorter off the tee, and she still was shorter at Brooklyn, but she had picked up about 8 to 10 yards since February. Her distance control with her irons was just like it was 13 years ago when she walked away from the game. It was phenomenal. She was hitting every approach shot pin high on, on greens that you can't, can't, can't be past the hole on and she putted solid you know um i worried on sunday about the one thing you can't practice is pressure competition you know how are you, and she hadn't been in that situation in 13 years where it's sunday at a professional tournament and you got a chance to win and i was curious to see uh, how she held up that way and i found out she's still as mentally tough now as she was when she retired how much pressure do you think she felt 
I think that she felt an enormous amount of pressure because she did one of the most difficult things there is to do in sports. She did something that was expected of her. And I thought the expectations among most of the people that I was seeing on social media before the tournament were way too high. People were just sort of assuming somebody could, 13 years after they last played serious competitive golf, can just flip a switch and play that way again. Um, And she walked into a situation where uh, um, everybody was expecting her to win, or at least a lot of people were expecting her to win. And there were a lot of people playing against her uh, who, who weren't going to let that happen. Laura Davies and Lisa Lott Neumann and Julie Inkster and, and Katrina Matthews and, and, and players uh, <laughs> who Annika had beaten in regularity before on, on the regular tour, and, and they, wanted to, uh, they wanted to beat her. They wanted to bring her down, and she did not let that happen. Any doubt in your mind that she she goes to Pine Needles next year? Um, you know, when I asked her, she said, I'm not sure yet. And uh, um, uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. If she decides to play at Pine Needles next year, and she won there. The first U.S. Open uh, of hers that I covered was 1996 at Pine Needles. She won by... Uh, Six strokes, hit 51 out of 56 fairways that week, was absolutely phenomenal. If she decides to play in that U.S. Women's Open, uh, then we're going to see more of her next year. She will play, in my mind, you know, I think she'll play a half dozen or so LPGA events to get ready for that. And uh, so (laughs) the LPGA's got to be hoping she accepts it. Uh, I I sort of raised the question to her and said, gee, Annika, the Solheim Cup's in a month now. You'd be a heck of a captain's pick for uh, for Katrina Matthew. Uh, uh, what do you think about doing that? And she sort of said, well, you know, the senior tour distance is the distance that I'm comfortable at now. And and so she sort of, she sort of poo-pooed it. Uh, but uh, I don't think it's likely we'd see her at a Solheim Cup, but I do think that it's a very good possibility we'll see her in the U.S. Women's Open. You've known her for a long time. You've done a variety of things with her. What were what were your feelings Sunday? Um, uh, um, I felt a lot the way that I felt um, that that Thursday when she teed it up at Colonial in 2003 in a PGA Tour event. I was curious what was going to happen, and any outcome would not have surprised me. You know, if she, and on the very very first hole, she's paired in the last group with Lisa Lett Neumann. She starts out with a two-stroke lead, and, and Lisa Lott goes down, hits her, the first hole's a par five, she hits her second shot to eight feet, makes eagle, and cuts the lead in half to one. And, and I'm thinking, okay, game's on. But then midway through the, uh, well, towards the end of the front nine, uh, Annika made uh, three birdies and four holes beginning at number seven and sort of put it away. But I, I didn't know what to expect. I was fascinated that way. Um, I did feel on Saturday in the third round, Annika shot 72, even par. And I was sort of thinking that was her bad round. She's gotten her bad round out of the way. And that's the way she played on Sunday. She, she, she went out, she shot 68 and just played rock solid golf. How do you think the second go around for golf in the Olympics is going, has gone? Uh, you know, uh, um, I think one of the things that, that, that hurts it this time around that it didn't have to deal with in 2016 is, is time zone issues, you know. Uh, um, 
people are, if they're watching it, are watching it on delayed tape, you know, because it's a 12-hour time difference between the East Coast of the United States and and, and Tokyo. Um, so, and and but there was still that drama that's there. I mean, you know, it wasn't until 2016 uh, Olympics that I realized how important the bronze medal is. <laughs> you know, the, the worst place to finish an Olympic event is fourth, because uh, you get a medal for third, you don't get anything for fourth. And, and so that drama was still there. Um, uh, there are still format changes I'd like to see, but uh, um, I, I think, and particularly when you consider um, the pandemic and COVID and everything that's going on, um, there was a, a better turnout, uh, I think, this year than there was in 2016. There, were, there were more players seem to, to realize this is the place to be. What would, would you like to see a team competition? Yeah, you know, I, I, I like the format that the LPGA uses in the International Crown, uh, which is, uh, you know, they, need, they needed to create an event that was open to those players not eligible for the Solheim Cup and. You know, when the PGA Tour did that to find a place for players who couldn't play in the Ryder Cup, they created the President's Cup. And in my mind, the international team is just, you know, a hodgepodge. of The only thing they have in common is they can't play in the Ryder Cup. What they created in the International Crown and the LPGA, eight countries play in it, four players on their team. They qualify up the world rankings. They play group play, sort of round robin, and then go to a knockout round. To me, that brings the, the national aspect of it more into play, where uh, golf is not so much an individual sport in the Olympics, then it would be more of a team sport. And, and, and I'd like to see that, because there are some nation, natural rivalries out there that are, that are intense and fun to watch. You know, there was talk on the telecasts, especially this week, that uh, maybe the women's game benefits more from the Olympic coverage than the men's game. Would you agree? Yeah, you know, anything that, uh, you know, when, when people ask me what's the single most important thing the LPGA needs to do to, to get, uh, to grow to, to the next level, I, better TV exposure. You know, um, um, that's the more, the more eyes that are on the product, uh, the more casual fans you're going to bring in. Some of those fans are going to stay. So I do think for the women's game, it is an opportunity for greater exposure on an, on an international level. And, uh, you know, as I said, you know, if, if, if 100 people are watching women's golf who've never watched it before and two of them come back, then you've grown your product by 2%. That's, that's a good thing. How, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I find Rory refreshing that he can, that he can adapt, that he can change his mind, that he can openly talk about the fact that he, that he thought about the Olympics one way and now having experienced it, he thinks about it another way. How, do, how did you feel about what Rory said? Yeah, you know, uh, Rory is very refreshing that way. He's, he's uh, uh, in, in this age when agents encourage players not to be uh, uh, as open with their feelings as we'd like them to be, Rory is. And, and, and I, I think that's a, that, that's a good thing, you know. And, and, you know and, and, and I know some people who think that, that one of the flaws in Rory's game is, is maybe he's not tough enough uh, and 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 maybe the fact that he is willing to be so so uh, upfront with his emotions uh, is something that gets in the way. But uh, I, anytime an athlete wants to talk as a journalist, I encourage that. We're talking with Ron Zyrak here on the Augusta Golf Show. Um, speaking of the men's game, PGA Tour announced this week a schedule for next year, and there are some changes. Uh, it appears 
We're getting the beginnings of the relationship with the European Tour, eliminating a, a couple of WGC events. What would you make of the, of the announcement? You know, I, I think this is a step in, in the right direction that um, um, I, I don't know if it's, it's been a long time coming, but I've been wanting to see it for a long time. Uh, the, the tours need to work together. They need to coordinate schedules. They need to not step all over each other. And, uh, you know, eventually I'd like to see the men's tours also coordinate with the women's tours. You know, let's not put big events up against each other. Let's let's not force the golf fan uh, and the players to choose between which events to watch and which events to play, and and so this is the this is the beginning of what I, what I, I think is going to be uh, increased cooperation between the PGA Tour and the European Men's Tour to to uh, uh, coordinate their schedules, coordinate events together, and try to figure out the ways in which the greatest players in the world can play together in the same fields more often rather than play on the same week in competing events. So wouldn't that necessarily mean, Ron, in the end, fewer events? Well, you know, that's why I think it's interesting that that they uh, um, uh, eliminated two World Golf Championship events because, you know, they created the World Golf Championship. And then a little bit later, they created the FedEx Cup. And I'm sort of thinking... You know, and and I was watching the PGA Tour sort of do this dance. You know, all right, now what's more important, the World Golf Championship events, which at one point you told us were right below the majors, or the FedEx Cup, which now you're telling us that's right below the majors. You know, right? And so, um, um, I think what we're seeing is is a a pairing back of of what the important events are. Uh, look, with the World Golf Championship events, and when there were four FedEx Cup playoff events. And then with the majors and with the players' championship, a top player had 12 tournaments, you know, already decided for them for the year where they were going to play. So a uh, uh, pairing back of the of the of the, the schedule that way, the, the elimination of two World Golf Championship events, I think is good for the overall growth of the game because I think it opens up the possibility that those other tournaments on tour are going to get stronger fields. You talk about the the, the, the the tours working together, the governing bodies working together. They do seem to have aligned themselves together when it comes to the Saudis and 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 that new league, quote unquote. Uh, everybody seems to be on the same page there. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's very important for them to uh, um, control the product. You know, when I see this. The new bonus program, the uh, player impact program that the PGA Tour created, this this bonus where the top ten players who were determined to have done the most to promote the tour of the course that you're going to get this bonus money, that's clearly a way of saying to the players, this is something we can give you that the Saudis aren't going to give you. And, oh, by the way, the PGA Tour also whispers very loudly into the ear of its players, hey, how about that deferred income plan, that you know, that you have with the PGA Tour. PGA Tour players have the best retirement plan of any athletes on the planet. And I think the PGA Tour is whispering into their players' ears, boy, do you really want to walk away from that? You may have tens of millions of dollars uh, banked in deferred income that you can collect after the age of 55. So, yes, they are united. And that, that probably sped up what we're seeing in this uh, um, this new schedule that's coming out uh, because it, it it it's encouraging the tours to work uh, 
more cohesively together in order to have a united front against uh, any any attempts made from outside to uh, um, take over uh, tournament play and top players. Still have the FedEx Cup playoffs to go, as you as you mentioned earlier. Yep. Uh, player in the uh, tour championship, but 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 as you and I are talking this week, uh, player of the year is that Colin Morikawa's to lose? Uh, probably, you know, it, it, it's 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 so interesting that that you know there were so many more things that are now um, um, factors in determining a player's greatness, and and and. FedEx Cup is one. Uh, you know how important is that in determining a player's legacy? I've seen you know since 1985, um, uh, Ryder Cup performance has become a much much bigger thing in determining how good of a year or how good of a career players has. Uh, you know, it's a big factor probably in why uh, um, in Colin Montgomery's in in the World Golf Hall of Fame. It's going to be part of the legacy of Lee Westwood and Sergio Garcia and and Ian Poulter and some other players who didn't accomplish as much in the major championships as we thought they were going to, but they but they did in the uh, um, uh, Ryder Cup. Uh, and so the FedEx Cup is in winning the FedEx Cup. I think like the Ryder Cup is has gains more importance every year so it probably will go into player of the year thinking he is ron syrak you can read his work lpga.com usga.org and always on his website at ronsyrak.com thank you thank you ron for taking the time to do this it's good to catch up with you thanks for having you on my friend talk to you down the road